Hello everyone and welcome to the Motor City Hoops podcast, an entertaining fresh take on the three-time NBA champs, the Detroit Pistons. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Motor City Hoops. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Knuck if you buck, hashtag Lakers, blazing the path, spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA breakdown, thunderous applause, and the LA Hoops Report, plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Motor City Hoops. Today we'll talk about the Pistons' first two games, a loss 101-111 to in Minnesota, a loss at home against the Cavaliers in double OT thriller 119-128. to then we will go around the league for some of the latest news and results, and then we'll come back to our beloved Pistons and talk about the next few games. Bryce, you're the one that said we're going to go 2-0. Here we are sitting at 0-2. I want to hear what you have to say right off the bat. I mean, can you blame me for being positive, <laughs> like being optimistic, right? Like that's We were all optimistic after the preseason going into game one, and then we got brought back down to earth really, really fast. So... Um, just staying with, I, I was wrong. I, I, we were talking about this before we started recording. I, I was wrong on all of my predictions. Not only did we not start 2-0, but we also actually out-rebounded the Cavs um, even though we lost. So don't listen to any of my predictions, or maybe I should start predicting losses so that way we'll win. We'll see if that'll work. Um, my biggest takeaway from the T-Wolves game was... I thought Josh Jackson played really, really well. He got really good minutes. He led the team in scoring. And I thought he shot the ball well and played a very good game. And we'll talk about consistency as we move forward to the next game. And then I think the other thing was we only shot, what, eight total free throws in that game. So I started to worry a little bit about our ability to create for ourselves, get into the lane. That evened itself out a little bit in game two. Um, and, and they kind of, we played the 10 man rotation. I think we all assumed we would. Frustrating to lose. Uh, number one pick, Anthony Edwards, for the T Wolves looked really, really good. He also had a good second game. But it would have been nice to see a win. It would have been nice to see Killian Hayes on the floor at the end of the game, which I'm sure we'll talk about some more. Well, with Killian, I think we went right off the bat with uh, Casey. You know, he gave him a longer leash. But I'm happy that he pulled him out. You know, he gave him those, you know, two, I think it was two or three turnovers. And then he pulled him out. And he had to pull him out because you can't just let him have, you know, seven turnovers in the fourth quarter in a game that you're arguably trying to win. And he, you know, there needs to be a price that's that's paid for, for those mistakes. You know, yes, he has a longer leash than some other rookies. But at the same time, you know, he has to pay for that, for those costly mistakes. Alex, what was your take on the Timberwolves game? Yeah, he's he's did not look really good to me. Um, I, he had a good second half, but first half he was really bad. And you know, we had high expectations expectations for him, but just being out there and doing those silly mistakes, you know, those are you, you learn from your mistakes, right? And uh, especially when you lose, I'm not saying they lost because of him, um, but you know. He, he definitely felt like I, he let the team down and uh, he needs to like step up his game a little bit uh, and, and, sh- and learn from Derrick Rose what he's doing. Obviously, he's still a rookie. He still has a lot to improve. We're in the rebuilding process, so we have to be patient. Um, but other takeaways from the game, I felt like we had too many turnovers that were leading to a bucket. Our three-point percentage was bad. And also, we were not very aggressive. We were we were just settling for three-pointers and not attacking the rim, and we only had like eight free throws, and that showed it. The other way, I was really impressed by uh, D-Rose and Plumlee. You know, Plumlee passed the ball really well, and uh, they both played a really good game uh, next to Jackson, of course. Yeah, and I think of Jackson, you know, we're, we're going to go in this in game two. 
for me, it was a gamble. He's a player with a lot of potential, but you know, when you, at the point you're going to score 18, 19, 20 a game, consistently, consistently you become a, a superstar. You know, a very good player in this league. And he's not there yet, but not I'll yet. take it. If, if every other game he gives me this, I'm okay with it. And then we just need someone else that's kind of not expected to do it, you know, to score that 15, 20 a game. And, and then we have a better balance. And, and we're not on to game two yet, but even in game two, like he had some chase down blocks and had quite a few rebounds. So even though the scoring and the shooting wasn't there, he still contributed in game two. He's just not going to score. Like you said, he's not going to score 20 a game every night just yet. Yeah, absolutely. And to piggyback on the turnovers that Alex was talking about, you know, Casey said he wanted under 15 turnovers going to game one. Well, he got 15, but he got 15 terrible ones. You know, yeah. it's... And bad timing. Uh, to me, yeah, that, to me, that's the disheartening thing. You know, we have a good number of turnovers. Okay, we have 15 turnovers. Awesome. You know, okay, the Timberwolves had 11, but still we had a chance to win the game and we have just our turnovers turn into a three on two, two on one, one on oh, like it just, it just, I don't know, it's flattening, you know, those really, the layups, when you get a one on oh layup off a turnover, it's really, you know, disheartening and just flattens the whole energy of the team. Then to me, we still could have won that game if we shot decent from the three point line, you know, when you shoot what, we shot eight for 35. I mean, you cannot win a game shooting 22.9% for three. And I think V was one for eight. I mean, as well as he's shot in preseason, as excited as he has everybody had everybody after the preseason, he hasn't shot it well so so far to start the regular season. Yeah, and he had you know Blake was zero for five, Jeremy was one for five, but you know, to me that's that's gonna be that's gonna be a problem for us because we're gonna go into game two. We saw you know the Blake Griffin in game one. He wasn't. Super aggressive, but we saw someone that like the bully ball that he used to play, and it's still there. And I saw his okay. I was like, okay, I was excited about that actually. And then he comes in game two and shoots sixteen threes, and I'm like, um, yeah, no, <laughs> that's not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, I was just uh, really, it's just it took all my positive energy about Blake after the first, you know, game one, I was like, okay, he got seven rebounds, he got 15 points, okay, he didn't make his threes, but I'm fine with him shooting five, six threes a game. But you go game two, he shot 16, I'm like, uh, you know, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, but I want to get the second unit, because I love the second unit. You know, Seku was our leading rebounder in this game in 14 minutes. He played 14 minutes, he grabbed nine boards. That's very happy for LA. Like, I was very happy for him. You know, Josh Jackson, he was our leading scorer off the bench. You got D Rose off the bench. And, you know, it seems like we have these two teams playing at almost, you know, like we have this bench unit that, you know, this bench mob that Coach Casey got going. What do you guys think about the second unit? You know, having D Rose, Jackson, Sekou, Okafor, and Zvi together. I, I like the second unit like you, Vlad, and, and I do think that we get them into the game quick compared to a lot of teams. I think we have a very good second unit by NBA standards. Our problem is our first unit isn't you know a, a great starting five, and we knew that coming in, but I like, I like this second unit. If we've talked about it, we'll continue to talk about it. I don't love Jalil Okafor. We've talked about the rim protection. He does score the ball. He had some big buckets in game two. And some really nice moves, but all in all, I, I like the second unit. Um, and I don't know what Alex thinks, but but I like to see them on the floor, and I think they they fit well together. Exactly the, the reason the reason I like the second unit, and I think he has the most impact on it, is probably because Derrick Rose is in it, and he makes plays for the others. As in Hayes, when he starts, you know he doesn't play as much, he doesn't have confidence, or he does not make play those plays yet. Derrick Rose finished with six assists, uh, Hayes finished with three assists. So I feel like Derrick Rose and his experience you know, shows or controls the team better. Yeah, I think Rose, like I, like we said in the beginning of the season, you know, he's going to be a very special player for us this year. And um, just his approach this, this year was great. Now, looking at, you know, I was looking at the plus minuses. I'm huge on that. And, you know, I see Josh being a minus 13, Blake being a minus 15. To me, that says a lot about the lineups. And you see Josh is going to play starter minutes. That, that's something I noticed. You know, I think he's coming off the bench, but he's going to be on, on the floor, you know, 25 plus minutes. 
okay, depending on how Wright or, or Jeremy are playing. And I do see Rose playing a little more than Hayes right now, just because Hayes doesn't seem ready. And I'm, I'm still a fan of it because, you know, if he doesn't go like three for 20 and seven turnovers, I'm kind of okay with it. You know, he went three for six, three assists, four turnovers, nothing crazy. He was non-existent the first half in this in this first game against Minnesota you know and I, I'm okay with this kind of stat line right now in the first game knowing that he has a history of starting slow when he you know he ups a level his history is basically I start slow you know I don't I'm not Anthony Edwards basically you know where he just goes in and does what he does and I think they have also different type personalities you know just Watching Anthony Edwards in an interview, how comfortable he was, his swag, you know, and then watching Hayes, you can see he's still he's still a kid. What do you guys think about Hayes? Yeah, I just would like to see Hayes be more aggressive. I think that's one thing. I don't want to say I'm disappointed. I don't really care about the stat line around right now. I don't care how many points he scores. He's thrown some passes that if you really watch the game, like they're really, really nice passes, and he sees the floor well. I would just like to see him attack more. And even if he makes mistakes, even if he's missing that little floater, if he turns it over, then as long as he learns from it and gets better. But he hasn't been as aggressive as what I was hoping to see from him, except it's really weird. It seems like in the third quarter, he comes out after halftime and has like a good three-minute stretch. In both games, right after halftime, he came out, made some shots, hit a floater, and looked more aggressive. And so I don't know if it's just getting comfortable each game to the speed and who he's playing against. I would just like to see him be more aggressive. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you right there. And this can actually be a good transition game too. I wasn't very happy with Derrick Rose, honestly, this game too. He had two chances to close the game with two turnovers. And um, I would rather see Hayes do that. I would rather see Hayes on that. I would rather see Grant on isolation instead of pick and roll with um, to go, yeah, in the fourth quarter with you know pick and roll, Derrick Rose, Blake Griffin. What do we get out of that? Do we get a win out of it? Maybe we got a turnover, but the, you know what do we what do we win in that situation when one of your vets might score, you know? But why do you have Grant here? Isn't he to learn how to lead to to be that? You know, alpha male, that alpha player that we need. Like, and, I'm and just he, confused. And and he played great in this game and made some huge shots. Like whether you want to call him a little bit lucky or whatever, you know, he banked one in and he hits a one footer. But I think you're right. I think let's figure out where he can, where we can ISO him and he can go get a bucket. I personally, I don't think it's catching at the three point line and squaring dudes up. I really like him, like not posting up on the block, but like a 15 foot post up. And going from there, I don't know what you guys think. But, yeah, why not play through him at the end of the game? It didn't work going to Derrick Rose. I mean, our boy Andre Drummond picked his pocket twice. And I love Derrick Rose. But, yeah, it should be playing through Jeremy Grant. Or get Svee on the floor, Josh Jackson, on the, at least on the offensive possessions, and see what those guys do, can do. What do you think, Alex? Where, where, whose, ball should the, whose hand should the ball be in in those situations? Definitely Grant should have been involved. I mean, he had an amazing game finally. Uh, because uh, the last couple of games, even the preseason, he was not playing very well. But now he really stepped up. He had a double-double, 28-10, and 9-14 um, shooting. You know, those are great stats. And he needed, he needed that ball to, 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 to play through him in the final positions. And, you know, obviously we won Hayes in that situation, in endgame situations. But I think it was important for Casey to win or try to win this game. to get Absolutely. Some- moral you know to, to, to pump the moral up for, of the team uh, this because we know what's coming up uh, in, uh, on the schedule so um, but definitely I think Grant should should have been involved in some kind of action maybe a post up like you said Bryce or I don't know an ISO or I don't know anything else um, and obviously you know you want to trust Rose Rose is a great player he can make plays uh, he make a bad play or a couple bad plays for sure but uh, as the veteran he is and the leader, he needs to show he is, you know, he, I'll, 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 I'll trust him to make those shots or those plays too. It just didn't happen. Yeah, and it's not a question about his ability. To me, it's a question about our future. And that's why 
when you're rebuilding, I would rather have Grant get these opportunities now because, you know, I don't want him next year in a very hopeful situation. You know, we're in a playoff battle. And he's never been then, in that oh, situation before. Yeah, I'm like, oh, Jeremy, get the ball. Go ISO. Go score now. Go get the winning bucket. Um, wait, coach. Wait. Yeah, <laughs> Last true. year, you were going to Blake and Rose. And I don't want, you know, I really want Jeremy and even Hayes, you know, to be comfortable in those situations. Or maybe if you have Josh, whatever whatever you want to bank on next year. You know, I don't, I'm not thinking right now. And Alex, you made a, a, a great point. Maybe he did just want to win this game. He, he was like, okay, I just want to win this at any cost because what's coming up next doesn't look good. And I didn't think about that, to be honest with you. So that's a good point. But in the same time, Rose was not having a great game either. You know, so who do you really go I, to? I think and, it would have been really easy that game, even though I, I, you have to understand that Dwayne Casey wanted to win that game because we keep talking about it. The schedule coming up doesn't look promising and wins are going to be hard to come by anyway this year. I think we all can see that after two games, we're not winning a ton of games and that's okay that we weren't supposed to. So I can understand Casey wanting to win that, but Rose had struggled up to that point. And so even if he just would have given it to Blake, like I couldn't understand that. Blake Griffin was having, was hitting shots. But it just seemed like in that situation, I thought he turned away from Killian too early in the Cavs game. The first game, it made sense. Killian had back-to-back turnovers with about five and a half minutes to go, somewhere around in there. And you didn't want the, the kid to sink. But in this game, he never even put him in in the fourth quarter. And to me, that was a little bit frustrating. Well, to me, it was frustrating when you have it's two minutes to go. You're up one twelve, one oh three at home, and you know you don't close it out in OT. To me, that's frustrating. Um, that's the stuff that you know I can't really understand. To be honest with you, you should have, especially when you have Rose and Blake Griffin on the floor, have enough experience. So that's not an excuse, you know, to close out that game. You have Jeremy Grant. Has and DeLon Wright has plenty of experience. It wasn't all my rookies on the floor, and they were up nine, you know, with two minutes to go at home. And to me, that's that, that's what bothered me really about this game because we tried to win it. We wanted to win it. We win our veterans, and we didn't. And now what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> now what? <laughs> really? And... Um, what about Blake, guys? Because honestly, you don't, you uh, didn't like his game. You thought it. You think it hurt his trade value? That's that's going to be that's interesting to me. What, Alex? What really, do you I think? Mean, you tell. Wait, you tell me who wants Blake as a spot up stretch for right now? Name I mean, those I, things for me. Probably <laughs> LeBron. Maybe I want him. I don't know. <laughs> What? Yeah, they can't take they can't take a thirty million dollar contract. So. No, the, the, the contract is the issue anyway. Like that's always going to be the issue is the contract. And I, the more I look into it, the more I'm starting to get nervous because what contender is going to have the finances? They're all going to be over the tax anyway, so they're going to have to trade contracts straight across. And what contracts are they going to have to send back in return? I think it's going to be really, really hard. You know, I, I'm not as good at diving into the three-team trades and how some of that stuff works. So maybe you can finagle another team in there to make the finances work. I just think it's going to be hard. But I personally thought last night's game was encouraging for his trade value because he shot the ball well and he played a lot of minutes showing that he's healthy. Yeah, what I believe about his game is obviously I think he shot maybe too many threes. You know, 8 for 16, that, that's a lot of threes. Uh, and that goes to the point I made from last game. We were just settling for threes all the time. Uh, but we made some or more than, that, than, than the last game. But with Blake, um, I'm like 50-50. Maybe he hurt his trade value because, you know, who can, who wants this kind of player right now that Blake is going to, is always showing that he's going to be. But also, you know, I'm thinking that he's maybe his athleticism is not is not going to help him in the future. I mean, he's just showing like, hey, I'm just going to become a three point shooter now. He has a so, skill set to still be a, a contributor, even without exactly. his athleticism. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. But do you pay thirty million for this Blake Griffin? Because I wouldn't. No, nobody. That's, that's my issue. So, I think we're we're going to trade him next year. I honestly don't see who's going to take him this year. You think it's better on an expiring contract so we can dump him off to a team that's acquiring expiring contracts? Exactly. Just That's our hope, I think, to get something in exchange for him. 
because otherwise I don't see I really don't see it honestly I, I keep looking around the league because the teams that are really contenders I don't see them picking up Blake Griffin and uh, I really don't I mean the whole thing I mean, another team you can't hope this but that some some team that's in title contention loses a player due to you know unfortunately injury or something like that and they just they have to go in on Blake Griffin to make up for that I mean but yeah, they could they could I just I just didn't think that scenario through honestly I was just thinking right now what it looks like okay no, if somebody right. some kind of exceptional you know situation comes up then yeah they could look at Blake Griffin but given the league right now I just don't see it it's hard to peg a team that it makes sense for like it, it, you're exactly. right you, you are absolutely right and especially in terms of like, what are we going to get in return then? Because if he's not just a great fit for multiple teams, then you don't have any sort of bidding war. Nobody's competing against each other, and they're just going to throw out whatever they want. So you might be right. I mean, I, I don't want to sign up for Blake Griffin all year and bringing him back next year, but we may not have any choice. So, <laughs> so we're stuck. <laughs> all right, so now let's go around the league a little bit, and I'll start with James Harden. Now, the man, you know, <laughs> I said what I said, and I'm going to stand by it. I still don't want him on my team. But, hey, the man can hoop. <laughs> He's a baller. Right? He might be out of shape. He's fat. Whatever you want to call him, I was impressed. To come out like that in Por- like against Portland, mm. that was tough. Well, what are you th- what, what's your take on James Harden? Was that some day he just wanted to, you know, Make a point out of it. He's like, all right, you guys can call me fat. I'm out of shape. I like to be at a strip club too much, this and that. And, you know, then he comes out and does something like that. You know, I'm, I'm you interested to see what he looks like Monday now against Denver. Because you're right. Like, we, we crushed him last week, right? Crushed him. And he doesn't look in shape, but he balled 44 and 17. But I'm really interested to see, like, you guys know this a little bit. Like you can put it together for one game, like really, really motivated, even if you're a little out of shape. But what did that do to his body? That was an overtime game. He played a ton of minutes. Is he going to be ready to go Monday in Denver now? So I'm interested to see it. I mean, if he puts it together again for another game, then maybe he's just built different. That's that's what the kids like to tell me at the high school where I coach. I'm built different. <laughs> I'm built different, coach. So I was like, I don't know what that means, but you're wrong. But maybe James Harden is just built different. What do you think, Alex? He had an unbelievable game. But the thing is, even before that, we knew the type of player he is. We knew he he can score like that. We knew he might be the best one-on-one player. I don't know, maybe Kevin Durant is out there as well. But I was not, you know, surprised that he had that outcome. Um, but, you know, even though we know he can score the ball, he can still ball and stuff like that, I would still question his mentality and his you know, off the court stuff, like who wants that toxic uh, environment around them? You know, like I think it happened with a lot, a lot of his teammates too. He, he, they did not like him. Nobody likes him. And I still don't want him on my team, even though he scores 40, 50 points a game and they still lose. Exactly. But the <laughs> difference between him and Blake Griffin right now, you know, what's going to be is that, okay, James Harden clearly a lot better, but it's that somebody's going to take a risk. Yes. At James Harden. Because Someone's, it might yeah. pay off into winning a championship. You take Blake Griffin is thirty million is not gonna I don't think he can pay off. Um with winning a championship and what's even worse, you know, when you look at what we gave out in free agency with Christian Wood having thirty one and thirteen. Bald. That um that hurt me a little bit because I'm like, okay, you know, I can see Okay, the whole Jeremy Grant stuff, but then I'm like, okay, can we, could could we have got a Wood and Grant together? And you know, I I don't understand that yet. Like I keep reading stuff and I'm trying to figure out the salary caps. Like it sounds like we could have like to me like, and maybe you guys could correct, but to me it sounds like we just didn't Troy Weaver just didn't see Christian Wood in the plans. Am, am I wrong in that? Like it seems to me like we could have kept Christian Wood. I think we could have, we could have, but I think it was very clear that. You know, he had a thing for centers, so he wanted Plumlee and Okafor, and he rushed to sign those guys, and I think that was hard because Jeremy was on the books, basically, and that was his prize free agent. So it was 
it was tough. It was tough to keep him at that point, you know, after you agree with Plumlee and uh, and Okafor. But to me, I, you know, I, I'm very big on plus minuses, and I keep looking at these things. And, you know, when a team is like minus 15 or minus 30 with you on the floor and you win by five, you know, I think that says a lot about you. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I understand it's, 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 it's a team game, right? So you're looking at all five players on the floor. But, you know, just looking at the last game, right, and DeLon Wright was a huge minus even though he was playing great. So what does that say about, you know, when he was on the floor? Because, you know, we're looking at this game right now, and I'm looking at Christian Wood, and, you know, they're almost, you know, minus six. Him and Hart are minus six on the floor, and they lose in OT. But we have at home DeLon Wright minus 23, Blake Griffin minus 16 and you know those are two of your main scorers in this team and you lose by nine at home and they're minus 20 both that's not a good sign to me you know so the team for 44 minutes he was on the floor Blake Griffin so 44 it wasn't like he played 20 minutes so on those 44 minutes and 42 with DeLon Wright we lost by 20 points basically so we we kind of won the other, <laughs> the rest of the well, fifteen minutes left, whatever. Look, so I, I mean that's a problem. I, I I fully believe this right now. I think our second unit maybe not like you know there's some the Nets are really deep, the Lakers are deep. Not not every NBA team, but I think we have a very very good second unit in Detroit right now. I really do. I think it competes with a lot of second units. Our first unit just isn't very good. And, and you're talking about DeLon Wright and Blake Griffin's plus minus not being very good. They're both part of that starting unit. And I just, I think that's where we're obviously not very good um, compared to other teams in the league. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's tough when your starting point guard is a rookie and he's the base of your the, the future Absolutely. of the franchise and he's not there yet. And, you know, we saw that with the Mavs, what it means to have that guy there and ready. And uh, we'll get the Mavs in a second, Bryce. Don't worry. I'm not going to no, jump no, no, the hook with no, that no, one either. No, 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 no. We, we, we can wait I for the Mavs. Go. Let's, let's wanna, make sure we have enough time. Hey, hoopheads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Oh, we'll have enough time, but I want to go to the Warriors <laughs> first because another, I have another issue there. I believe that if you're a top five, top ten player all time at your position, you make the playoffs in your prime. And Steph might not do it. And what does that mean for his legacy? Alex, Alex, you want to start at this one? It's it's tough. I mean, he's he has done a lot for the game already. He changed the NBA. So, um, just you want the greats to always be competing for championships because, uh, or even being the playoffs because that's going to make the game more interesting. Um, Steph is obviously a winner. He doesn't want to lose, uh, but given the players he has around him. It's, it's tough to do it by yourself. I feel like it's tough to do it by yourself. Uh, maybe he has, you, Vlad, you said he has a couple players and he can do it. I still don't see who those players can be. Um, even Wiseman, you know, he's, he's a rookie. Um, but, you know, Steph showed that he's still the greatest shooter of all time by making 105 threes in a row in practice. And if he can put those... If he can shoot 105 threes from the corner in a game, every game, maybe they can win. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. His legacy might be hurt not making the playoffs. Um, but, you know, he's still going to be a Hall of Famer, like one of the best point guards. I'm, I'm, I'm not – he might not be the top point guard or the best point guard ever, 
but I'm still going to have him in the top five for sure. So, so here's where I think we have to be a little bit fair to Steph and the Warriors. Yes, they got blown out both games. It wasn't even close, and they didn't look good. I will admit all of that. But they played the Nets on opening night, and you know those dudes were lit up to come out and prove to the league. KD's playing the Warriors. And then they played the Celtics. So you could argue they played. You the could Bucks, argue. The Bucks. Huh? Or sorry, sorry, the Bucks. The Bucks. Sorry. You could argue they played the two best teams in the Eastern Conference, the Nets and the Bucks. Without Draymond Green and with Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins literally playing awful. I think I saw a stat that Kelly Oubre hasn't made a shot outside of a dunk attempt so far. So James Wiseman looks really good. It's still his second game in his rookie year. All I'm saying is I don't think we should count the Warriors out of the playoffs just yet. Now, if it proves to be that, then yes, I think that takes a little bit of a hit to Steph's legacy. And Steph is my favorite player outside of Detroit. And I would be the first to admit that. He had an amazing run. He's the greatest shooter ever. He didn't just change the NBA, Alex. He changed basketball across the world. Because high school kids that I coach right now shoot from places that I never got to shoot to shoot from when I was in high school. You know, he changed the game for better or worse, whether people like it or not, but let's just be a little bit patient. Um, but I know no, you're about I mean, to, I know, I know you're about to crush him Vlad. So <laughs> <laughs> now I'm all for it. I love Steph. You know, I love shooting threes, but when I look at Zeke, you know, I, I go down the line, the greatest point guards ever, you know, top five, even Nash. I look at Nash. Just to make the playoffs, I'm not. I don't want him to be a contender. I don't expect him to be a contender, even though I think he has the rookie of the year. Sure looks on that like team. It. I mean, James Wiseman looks amazing. Really I mean, I, I did not expect it. I yeah. thought Anthony Edwards was a lock for rookie of the year. If you ask me, I was like, okay, he's ready, he's good. And then you see Wiseman come in, I'm like, okay, like. We're shooting threes now. Cool. We're, we're blocking and shots. It, this is grabbing and it the ball. looks good. Two the hands three. straight on a fast break. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. It's different. He is He is different. <laughs> it's Honestly, it was it was, it was was impressive. But it was like fun to watch. So I can imagine him with Draymond. I'm sure Draymond's going to help him gel a little bit. To me, they just look like they lack basketball IQ. And that was... And that's going to be Steve Kerr's biggest uh, okay. job this year. So that's what I was going to say. When, when does some of this fall on Steve Kerr? Because to me, Steve Kerr took Mark Jackson's job and got all the credit for all of this winning, right? And True. now, last year, with understandably, without Steph and Clay, worst team in the league. Like, Steve Kerr doesn't have a broke team this year. Maybe their basketball IQ isn't great, but Andrew Wiggins averaged 20 a game. Oubre's an athletic young wing. Wiseman's rookie of the year, I mean, possibility. You have Steph Curry. Like, at some point, shouldn't we put some heat on Steve Kerr as well? Yeah, I think you should. I think he, he needs to prove that he can coach. He's up there too. Just like Steph has to prove, I think Steve Kerr has to prove too because – you have options, like you said. You have options, and I'm a, I'm not a big fan, but I think their Wiggins and Uber Junior are very good players. I mean, I should so they too. play like the way they played? I mean, should Uber have three points and five rebounds? No, uh, no, <laughs> you know, no. And you know, should Wiggins go six for eighteen every night and Steph six for seventeen? No, it's not going to happen. Okay, like you said, they play the Bucks, and I think for the Bucks, Drew Holiday is a big addition, and he can guard a lot of experimental players that they couldn't guard before especially point guards like Steph. So, but still, you can, do you score 99 points? I don't know. I'm I'm just not thrilled with what I've seen from them. Facial expressions, you know, just Steph going like, "Ah, like, it just looked like he was just okay, that was a questionable decision by by my teammates here and there." So, I had an issue with that. You know, just those things too. When you got to pull the team, he seems like yeah. All that shimmy shaking. Maybe Draymond was, was the leader. Everybody said. Maybe Dray. I mean, maybe everybody's right go. that 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 Steph wasn't. I don't want to say he's not a leader, but you know, like the engine. All, the we, engine was Draymond. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know, whenever I played at AU, you know, that was you. You're gonna know these names. You could argue about who the best player was, but like we rallied around the point guard Derek Mercer. Like that was the heartbeat. That was the heart and soul. I'm, I'm sure Vlad, you've played on that team or been that guy. Alex, you've played on a team like that or been that guy, and you know. And maybe Steph's not that guy. Yep. 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I absolutely. Saw, I saw a meme where uh, they were saying that, you know, after the losses, uh, Curry was like, okay, so this is how you this is this is the time where I need to carry a team and he was like surprised like you know so far and this is a question for you guys do you think so far in his career uh maybe what they won championships and stuff he carried the team in any type of way in the regular season regular season playoffs uh, I mean some kind of way I don't know he wasn't great in that finals right like Iggy won the finals MVP that year you guys keep going. You're making my point right now, so I'm happy. You guys can keep going with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, a- your point, what's, what's, what's Chris Paul's status? Is he a top five? Absolutely. No question. No doubt about it. I mean, just look at last year. Just based off last year. I'll let it be that he didn't win a championship. Last year was but impressive for year. him, right? That was great for his legacy. For Absolutely. Sure, sure, I mean, so if he can do that in OKC, why can't Steph do this here? And this is why I'm putting the pressure and the heat on Steph. Because, you know, he comes with a lot of uh, accolades. But then I look at it, Iguodala got a finals MVP. KD got his finals MVP. You need Clay Thompson to save you in OKC. Because otherwise you go home that year. Ah, uh, you know. And he's, 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 he's what, made like big those shots. Those Warriors teams, second, we talk about second units and having depth. Like those Warriors teams were really deep, had really good second units. And, you know, Sean Livingston and... Barbosa early on, like they had really good players. And that's their Achilles here right now. They have no second unit. They have, uh, I don't know. Those are model, right? I, I see it tough. Hey, so I, I, tough I have for a them, question so. for both of you. Alex, I'll go to you first. So you brought up uh, Ubre and Wiggins and not shooting the ball well yet, and that falls on a coach. You guys have both played professionally because I don't think this happens quite as much in college, but did it take some time for you to gel with your coach when you first got professional for him to figure out where you wanted the ball, how you were most effective? Alex, Like, did that take some time for your coach to figure you out in terms of where you were most com- comfortable catching, scoring, and what situations? Yeah. It, it, I mean, the coach does uh, some scouting for me. And or you know when they recruit me or whatever they do some scouting and they know what I'm capable of so they might have an idea they can put me in some positions there where, where I can be successful but the most part is my teammates you know it, it takes some time to adjust with my teammates style of play for my teammates to know what are my strengths what are my weaknesses where do I like to roll in that situation do I like to pop and stuff like that so I feel like that that might be the the, the toughest part in in my case maybe. Well, yeah, and we can make that, you know, about the Pistons. If you Absolutely. Go back to, I mean, that's a great point. Casey said that, you know, Casey said that, you know, guys are still trying to get used to playing with each other. We're still messing up plays, you know. So maybe, you know, we, we look at our Pistons now. Maybe we look at, you know, kind of like extended preseason. Because if you're telling me guys are messing up plays, like you're calling something and they're running something else, then, yeah, you know, we, we're struggling. And uh, I'm sure that's with all the teams with a short, you know, with a short training camp. But you could see not the Lakers. You could see it not in the, the games. Lakers. Like they would call out a play and then you would see one player pointing to a spot to another player telling him where he was supposed to be. And it kind of hit me like, man, these guys, as much as we think that like they would know everything, I don't know how many plays a typical NBA team has, but they don't know all the plays yet. Not to mention, like you guys are saying, does Blake normally pick and pop here? Is he going to pick and roll? Or how high can I throw this lob pass, depending whether it's Plumlee or Sekou? Or... So there's a lot of stuff to still gel together. That's, that's true. And also you have to keep, uh, you know, keep in mind most of the players, if not all, they not play for eight months. True, true. So yeah. they have, you know, that, that, that's a big factor as well. Yeah, absolutely. And... You know, to me, the, the best team right now is the Lakers. And the way they look, oh, my God. Uh, not sure who can stop them. I can see a Lakers-Nets uh, matchup in the finals. But that's a tough team. That's uh, You know, the Lakers are... I, I know we mentioned this in um, in previous episodes. They're as good as or better than those Warriors. And they have the potential to go to go down as one of the best teams ever. Honestly, they're up there. I was really impressed by their first two games. What are your thoughts on the on the on their games? I mean, the the Lakers are obviously really good. I don't. I think 
I don't think we're going to see them dominate the regular season because I don't think they care. I think they know they don't have to dominate the regular season. But what could put them above a team like the Warriors in terms of where they're remembered at in history or whatever is running through the postseason. I think Kyle Kuzma has looked good early on. Anthony Davis, you know, those those were main guys. Trez had a really, really good game too. And then it's just like they just have all these dudes that knock down shots. Like, you know, Alex Caruso is all over social media. People love him, but he makes shots. And the more, you know, Markeith Morris can make shots. And they just have a very, very well constructed team. And I could see them, you know, really, really. That that's what's going to set them apart if they if they run through the 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 playoffs. But man, it would be fun to watch them go against the Nets because I think the Nets are really, really good. And Kyrie looks really good right now, and I think he's very underappreciated. Like Bleacher Report had Kyrie as the number. 31 player in the league or something like that. I think people forgot who Kyrie is and 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 how he's built as we're talking about people being built built different. But when you're hurt, I think people forget that. And I think people forgot how good KD is too. I think they forgot yeah, really how for good sure. those two guys are. And Alex, what what do you have to say about this? I saw some stuff in your notes, so I'll let you I'll let you take the floor on this. Uh on the Lakers? No, on the on the Kyrie and um, KD on the Nets. Oh, Ky- yeah, Kyrie and KD. Uh, they, for me, or so far at least for the last two games, um, they look like the best duo on the floor. They combined scored, I don't know, 60 points or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is crazy. And they look amazing. I mean, uh, Kyrie, you know, he wants to prove that he is one of the top point guards in the league. Uh, in, in the league. And then KD, uh, there was all this talk last year that he was the best player or he can be the best player, yada, yada. And he was not, and now he's coming back after an injury. And for sure, we know he's on social media a lot. So he was listening and reading all this stuff that, oh, he's not going to be the same after the injury. Uh, he's not the same, not the best player anymore. So I think he has a lot to prove. And now he has a teammate by his side. Obviously, he had Steph Curry and Warriors and stuff like that. But now he has a teammate that, that want to build and take the Nets to maybe a championship run in, in the next couple of years, starting this year. Why not? Yeah, I see them. I see them, I see them in the East, Eastern Coast, uh, Conference Finals. Right there is going to be a tough battle, and they could make it all the way. I don't think they can be the Lakers. I think the Lakers are a little bit too deep for anyone this year. But Kyrie and KD can coexist because they're ISO player. They're ISO players that, uh, you know, they thrive on that. And as long as they take turns, they'll be fine. To me, that was the difference between Westbrook and Harden. They couldn't do it together for some reason. But I think Kyrie and KD, you know, being very good friends, both being very professional, that's what we have to keep in mind. Unlike Harden, these two guys are professionals. And, you know, they take care of business. And they're both, they both got a ring, at least a ring, Kyrie, right? So, and, you know, KD's a whole different level, you know. Uh, he was even mentioned the goat talk at some point, so it, they're up there. And if they can coexist, and they can because they play isolation ball. And to me, Dan Tony was a huge hire for for Steve Nash. Okay, he played for him, which was great, and he had the system and the idea. But to add him to that staff, I mean, looking at that that bench is Nash with Stoudemire and uh, and Dan Tony. I'm pretty sure they can figure it out. I'm really sure they can figure it out, you know, how to make those two guys happy and how to get the best out of them. And now to wrap up around the league, Bryce, I was really going to go on your Mavs, and now they're up by 50 at halftime. What Let's is go. going on? How am I supposed to go on them? They're, they're 0-2, and they're up by 50. They're up 77-27 as we're recording this. Oh, at shoot. I, th- I thought you were joking. I'm not. They're up 77-27 on the on Clippers. The Clippers. So I can't even say what I had to say. <laughs> Luca, with, Luca with 18 and Josh Richardson with 15 he got 18, oh, 7 and 4 at halftime but they're up they gave up 27 points and a half um, you know that's I'm, uh, I'm what's more impressive I, what's more impressive scoring 77 or only giving up 27 only giving up 27 right like that's incredible in the NBA yes giving up 27 points and now half-time, in fairness it looks like Kawhi is taking a day off shocker 
Um, but I mean, he just got okay. He got a he got a bad hit the other day, so it's Luke not. Luke Kennard isn't shooting it well. Former Piston, one for nineteen from three for the Pist- for yeah for the Clippers. Paul George 6 from three, who had been playing really well. I know we like to make fun of playoff P, but um, uh, it's, it's not that. I mean, if you score twenty seven points, at least don't get down by fifty at halftime. Gosh, honestly, it's, it's one of those cliches where okay, you're not going to win with offense, but don't give up 77 points if you really can't score the ball. I mean, honestly, because otherwise, what are you going to do? I mean, you're going to lose by 100? Let's be honest. So I'm impressed because I saw I saw the Mavs' first game. I thought Luka looked a little bit rusty. Yep. You know, he wasn't great, and then they got the Lakers next. So they got a tough, a tough matchup in the first few games and I had like lower expectations from this, this game against the Clippers and now I see this and I'm like okay maybe this, Price is right I don't know I, I don't know I mean this was a big one for them because then you play the Hornets they probably get to win there and then you got to play the Heat also they again they're 0-2 tough opening night loss against the Phoenix Suns you know your guy Chris Paul a lot of people excited about what Phoenix did this offseason and the team they have. And then they lose to the Lakers, who are just really, really good. So not two awful losses, but you know if they're 1-1 one one right now with a 50-point lead at halftime, we'd be feeling really, really good about them. And you know, Chris Stops is hopefully back in the next couple of weeks. Like That changes things about where they're going to finish in the West in terms of when he comes back. Because if, if he gets back and he stays healthy, I think that's still a possibility if he misses more time than that then i think it's you you could say that that that's not as conceivable for them to do that i still let, think luca's really really good and and they're going to be fine but 50 point halftime lead is pretty impressive yeah so I, I was shocked i really wanted to you know go off on the mavs and i was like oh man it, i was like oh because I expect them to lose tonight too, you know. Yeah, so, hey. yeah that's a game you you look at that schedule and you're man like they might start zero three. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially going all in two. But okay, so now this wraps up around the league, and uh, we'll move back to our beloved Pistons and the schedule coming up. And we got the Hawks, the two and zero Hawks, and the blazing hot Trey Young, averaging thirty six point five and eight assists per game. Bryce, take the floor on this one. What are your thoughts? What are your expectations on this game? I know it's, in my opinion, it's going to be a very tough one. I don't think we can steal it. Uh, I think it might even be a blowout. Unfortunately, I don't see Killian being anywhere anywhere near ready to face someone like Trey Young. Yeah, I mean, th- this one makes you nervous, right? Because you look at this Atlanta Hawk roster, and this is a really, really nice roster. And they dropped 83 in the first half against Chicago opening night. And then they they coasted from there. But I'm with you. Like, I'm nervous that not only is this going to be a loss, this might be a really bad loss. Because this team can shoot it and score. And they they have a second unit that's solid. So I might be done with predictions for a while since I'm so wrong anyway. But... Uh, this is one. No this, this will be a great test, a right? Too, so That's okay. what this year is about. Can we see improvement? Can we see yep. guys get better? And even if we just make it competitive and play with this is a game. If we're in it in the fourth quarter, I will be happy whether we're able to close it out with a win or not. Uh-huh. Yeah. Alex, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be going. so tough to contain, to contain Trey Young, and uh, I I think you, Bryce, said they they are loaded. They have so many. Sh- no, Vlad, you said they have so many shooters. It's insane. How how do you? It's not fair. Sometimes you know, and uh, I think. So far, we've been struggling to protect the paint. Now, I don't know if we can protect the three-point line, too. So, we'll see what's going to happen. But I, I think we're, I'm not very confident that we can have a good game against the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it, honestly. And Atlanta has the Nets on uh, not a back-to-back. They play on the 31st and the 2nd. So, they got the Nets twice in Brooklyn. So they need this game because they could go in two, so they still want to be three and two, you know, at the end of this first five-game stretch. So it's not going to be one of those games where you get some more resting. I think more so they're going to push the pedal to metal and explore, you know, just these options. And I, I'm i just bummed because I don't see the matchups. I don't, I don't like these matchups with the Atlanta Hawks. And 
you know, are we going to go with the vets again? And because I, I see Hayes being overpowered right now, I think that's a big problem for us, you know. And um, yeah, I don't. I, I think this game is is going to cost us because it can be a blowout, and if it's a blowout, it, it can really hurt our team going forward, especially with the schedule that we have. It's. I don't know. Do, do you think we can guard Trey Young? What do you What do you guys think? Do you think they can contain Trey Young? To me, that's that's the key to this blowout, honestly. Not not, because, <laughs> not in the pick and rolls. Not with the centers we have. Maybe if Stewart gets in there, maybe he can help on defense right. a little bit. What's going on? What do you What do you guys think about that? He's nowhere. He's nowhere near the lineup. It looks like because. Okafor rolled his ankle, Plumlee fouled out, and they went small. He put Sekou back in, who Sekou had went out for a little while, and they went – Blake started guarding the five and Sekou at the four. I would have guessed you would have put – if you didn't want to come back with Isaiah, you would have put it – was, it was a weird decision. But Isaiah – because even Sadiq, your guy Sadiq Bay got some time, even in the fourth quarter. Isaiah Stewart yeah. looks nowhere near playing time right now. For whatever – I don't know what the reason is. Um, but it doesn't look like he's going to get much. Why is that? What, what are your thoughts on that? I think he's physically not ready because I don't see it otherwise. I mean, why would you not put him in? Alex, what do you think? I mean, as a big guy, is there is there a, more of a learning curve? Is there something maybe he's missing right now? Maybe, we know or usually the big guys take a longer time to develop and get and be better and take and you know contribute more to the team and help the team win. That's actually a fact, I think, unless you're, I don't know, Jokic or know, somebody like that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to find an explanation, too. I'm trying to see if there was maybe a matchup problem. But, you know, against Cl- or Cavaliers, he could have played. Um, but I, I still have no explanation about this. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's, it's, it's tough for me to understand this, honestly, especially given the situation that uh, Bryce just mentioned. You know, I saw him. I, I thought he would get on the floor. But now we'll move to, you know, our, our next four games till the next episode is Golden State, Boston, Boston. Can I make a prediction, Bryce? That might just upset you, but we're going to beat Golden State. That's the one, right? Like, that's the one we need to get. <laughs> that looks like the one right now. It, honestly, it does. It, to me, it looks like the one. And, um, okay, granted, Steph can be a big problem for us. But I like our chance against Golden State. I don't think Boston is going to, you know, we're going to be in, even in the ballpark in that game. I do see Atlanta, Boston, Boston be blowouts, unfortunately. And uh, I really hope uh, Golden State can be our first win. What do, you, what do you guys think? Out of Atlanta, Golden State, Boston, and Boston. So we play back-to-back, you know, and then uh, – Again, another back-to-back against Boston. I, I really don't think we can uh, – the only game that we can take is, is Golden State. I think I think it's Golden State and then I give us – so I think Golden State's win number one, um, especially depending – I don't know when Draymond's supposed to be back for the Warriors. I give us an outside shot to win one of those games against Boston just because – Maybe there's a little bit of something of playing the same team back to back like that. Like maybe you get them, you know, if they blow us out the first yep. game, maybe mm-hmm. we compete the second game. I don't know how much you guys have done that in your careers. You don't really do that in college much, but I didn't know professionally if you guys ever, you know, have that scenario where you play a team back to back or in a playoff scenario. So that, so that that's my the Warriors is the one I think you have to think we get, and then maybe the second game of the Boston back to back. For me, I think we're. I hope, like like you you said, uh, we want to be up there in the fourth quarter with Atlanta. Maybe, you know, finally dig down and get some stops and maybe win a game in the last couple of minutes, you know, of 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 the game. But I don't see us doing because Atlanta might just go up by twenty at some point. And I think Casey and all the guys are gonna go and focus all in on Golden State and try to take down uh, Steph Curry, not let him shoot, not let him have a game, and make other guys, you know, play or make plays for the team. And I think out of those four games, Atlanta, Golden State, Boston, and Boston, we're going to only win one, and it's going to be against Golden State. 
Yeah, my take is, is, is we're going to get our first win against Golden State and our second January 28th against Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> then I don't know. You're going the whole Honestly, month of January it's... without a win? Come on, no. I mean, uh, guys, we've got to look at the schedule. It's going to be very tough for us. But, you know, I'm going to look short term. I don't think we can trick Boston. I think they're good enough. They're experienced enough. They're hungry enough that they're not going to just let us uh, – you know, go off on, uh, especially, you know, the second game is one of the few games that we have on sort of national television. We have on NBA TV, the second game against Boston. It's on Sunday, you know, it's an early game. So it's, you know, on a back-to-back like that. We get the Wizards on January 15th. Maybe? No. Maybe? No. Hey, (laughs) hey, you know what? I I look at them. Hey, I... I will make this prediction. I think Russ is going to average a triple-double this year, though. Yeah, he's back with his coach. I think so, too. He's going to get the rebounds, and then he gets, what, an easy five or six assists just to Bradley Bill. And then you got Bertans that can shoot, um, the big guy that can shoot, like uh, Thomas Bryant. So Russ is going to average a triple-double this year. That's crazy. I think so, but I think you put him in that um, MVP conversation this year. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I just think he's – okay, what about Friday, January 22nd? James Harden and the Rockets. We're going to win that one. I think Christian Wood is going to have something to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, it's one of those games that you're not – you know, I don't want to look down the road too much because, sure. honestly, I don't see many You never wins. know how things play out by then. And, you know, yeah. this, this COVID stuff, you saw it with uh, Houston happening, you yep. know, yep. With, with contact tracing. And you never know when you're going to miss, you know, maybe Atlanta misses five players. Yep. You know, so what do you do? You know, our blowout right now or what it seems like a, a certain loss, you know, can turn around and be a good win for us. And um, that's always got to take one day at a time. But I was just jokingly saying that. Just yeah, looking yeah. at the schedule. No, that no, we, might know, not, we might not win for a while. It, it, it so I'm really, hoping that we're going to steal one of these four and Golden State should be the one. It really is a tough schedule, guys. Like, I mean, all joking aside – January has some really, really... I mean, the East is tough, and it seems like we're playing all the best teams in the East. You know, I was joking somewhere about when do we get to play Chicago, you know, because Chicago looks like probably the other, you know, worst team in the Eastern Conference. Not this um, year. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it's not... They're, they're not on the schedule for the first half of the season, so... Exactly, um, so... Now what we're looking at, unfortunately, yep. you know, and a lot of the backs-to-backs, that's, that's unfortunate. You know, we got Boston in the back-to-back. We got Milwaukee in the back-to-back. Yep. We got Philadelphia in the back-to-back. Yep. You got – you're going to Orlando in the back-to-back. Miami. So it's very Miami. unfortunate that we have – yeah, Miami. And then also your West Coast trip is – Lakers. Golden State, Denver, Utah, Phoenix, Los Angeles in a seven-day in a seven day trip, you know, seven-day span. And it's going to be very tough for a young roster to deal with this quick turnarounds. You know, guys that never done this, like you said, Bryce. You know, you don't deal with this in college. You don't deal with this in Europe very much, other than the Euro League, where they start playing two games a week every every so so on. But it's it's, it's very difficult. It's very unique, and you know, it, it's going to take guys to sometimes to get used to it. Unfortunately. <laughs> And this is why we needed to get one of these last two games, though. Because, And this is why I say, I wanted to say this earlier and I forgot, is this is why I think Casey went so hard after it. Because that zero in the win column is going to continue to weigh more and more and more, especially on these young guys, you know? And so even if it's one in five, that's, I don't think people realize how big of a difference one in five is from 0 and 6. Or even one and nine is from zero and ten. I know one and nine is not great, but until we get rid of that goose egg, it's just going to continue to add more and more pressure on a young team who shouldn't be feeling pressure, you know, because there's not a lot of expectations. But a zero in that win column is tough to live with every day. Absolutely, and it's really, you know, it's really disheartening because you see it. And I was hoping we we're going to get the first win at home. It, it would have been great, you know, getting Cavs and. My favorite player, Andrew Drummond, but hey, it didn't happen. You know, he had a monster game too, by the way. But um, <laughs> he did. Overall, he had big free throws. <laughs> overall, yeah, right, <laughs> unexpected. <laughs> but um, you know, overall, going forward, I feel like we should be excited because Jeremy took a step up. You know, Blake is showing some flashes that maybe we get something in exchange for him. Maybe, you know, Killian is developing. 
We got a good game out of Josh Jackson, and that's that's good. I think Zvi is going to get going soon. He'll make you know, shots shooting eventually. the ball. Yeah, he'll make shots. You know, you know how it is as a shooter. You know, it might just be a little slump. It might be two or three games. Also, like Alex mentioned earlier, you know, maybe he's just rusty. You know, he hasn't played in a minute. If you think about it, you know, Jeremy Grant playing the playoffs, Plumley playing the playoffs, and uh, it, it, you know, we've seen some flashes, and I'm happy with that. I'm happy with how Casey coached his games, other than having the vets or the ball in a vet's hand at the end of the Cleveland game. Other than that, you know, it was all good, honestly. And I'm, I'm, we have to see the positive and think about the positive side of things because otherwise, like we just talked about a schedule, it doesn't look great. You know, we can sit here and just go all negative and, you know, sure. and jump off yep. roofs very soon because it doesn't look very good. And you get on Twitter <laughs> and that's all you see. You know, social media, that's all it is, is negative. And so so let's – I want to ask a positive then, Alex. Who's – Who's your favorite player so far early in this season, Alex? You know, it doesn't not maybe necessarily the guy that's playing the best, but on the Pistons, who's your favorite player? Maybe the guy you didn't think you were going to like his game as much as you do so far. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I don't know who to, who to pick. I I know I was expecting uh, Hayes to to have a great start and uh, you know be the rookie or the leader that everybody was saying. Not the leader, but. You know, everybody was saying that how Hayes is such a great player, and uh, even their hero said that his skill set is unbelievable. I cannot wait to show him the way, and yada yada yada. So I was I was having high expectations uh, for him, uh, and I did not see anything. But from our team, so far in the regular season, I like Derrick Rose. I feel like Derrick Rose played a consistent game, and he's the leader and showing the way for Hayes. This is how you need to play. This is how you need to. Uh, lead a team as a point guard, and I, you know, he's he's doing a good job so far. You gotta you gotta always cheer for Derrick Rose. I mean, just with everything he's been through. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's Absolutely, true. Bryce. What you got going on? You tell uh, me who who you got. I, I think I would say it's Josh Jackson right now, but Jeremy Grant. Like I haven't been the biggest Jeremy Grant supporter so far, and he kind of got to me last game, and so I don't want to go overboard off of one game. Obviously, we've talked about Josh Jackson being a KU guy. Sorry, Detroit. Sorry, Michigan. Um, I grew up in Kansas. I'm a KU fan. So, Josh, you know, those KU guys hold a little bit in my heart. So, I, I like Josh Jackson. I think his athletic athleticism is really good. I hope he continues to make shots. I'm not positive he will. But Jerry, Jeremy Grant's starting to, to – to, I'm starting to like that a little bit more. I'm assuming you're going to say Mason Plumley. So outside of Mason Plumley. Oh, Bob, my God. No, yeah, no. I was going to say Mason Plumley. No, I don't want to hear about Mason Plumley. So Why not, Bryce? Tell me. Why not? I was I wrong? Was no, I wrong? Any, whatever you have said about him has been right. I Exactly. Still, was Troy Weaver wrong? <laughs> no, but he should be a backup five in the league, not a starting five man in the league. We're rebuilding. Nobody's asking. Like, you're, that's okay, fair. If you get Andre Drummond, you're paying a whole ton of money. That's true. And what do you get in return? Because you're still a bad team, you know. And what center could you sign this past summer to get on this roster, you know, to help this team develop? That, that's you know? fair. That's... And you're you're looking okay. I'm looking. He's averaging ten points per game, five point five assists, which is. Pretty good, right? And 8.5 rebounds and 1.5 still, 1.5 turnovers, shooting 70%, you know? And that's, to me, that's great. And I was impressed because I didn't expect, honestly, I expected some decent numbers, but I didn't expect this to be honest with you. And he's the 150th paid player in the league, like 150th. Like, I just just looked it up. So, you're right. Exactly. You're you're right. No, I'm just happy. I was going to go with Jeremy Graham, but his first game was, eh. Yeah. And his first game was, yeah. (laughs) So, I went with with Plumlee, and uh, I'll stick with Plumlee for now, and... uh, We'll see. We'll see going forward. I think Jeremy Grant's gonna is gonna take over. I think I think he's he's slowly getting comfortable, and we have the expectation, right? He's gonna be our franchise guy. He's he. We're gonna, you know, help hope that he develops in that Kawhi type type player where he's a two way killer for us. And uh, we'll see going forward. We'll see you guys next Monday, though. Hey, send Alex us, Bryce, thank you. Yeah, send us questions. 
Hit us, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. Old. Yes, sir. So you can find us on Twitter at Motor City Hoops. You can find us on Instagram at Motor City Hoops Pod and Facebook at Motor City Hoops. And I want you guys to tune in. We do have a giveaway right now. We have a Killing Hayes jersey. So make sure you just get on our Facebook, get on our Instagram or Twitter. Find that giveaway. You know, give us a retweet, comment, share, and then we'll announce the the winner next week in our next week episode. Hopefully after a win against Golden State. And, uh, you know, to celebrate our first win and maybe Killing Hayes is going to have a monster game too, that would help us a little bit, right? Yes. So yeah. he's about to break out. Thank you everyone for joining us. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. It's, it's time. It's, it's time, Bryce. It's yes. time. I feel it. It's, it's going to happen. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. We appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you give us a shout out on social media. We're waiting for all your questions or any information or if you want to be on the show just hit us up and we'll try to make it possible to hear your opinion if you're a Pistons fan come join us we appreciate your love and we'll see you guys soon if you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start the team at my podcast manager can help our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best we'll help you launch your podcast make it sound great and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Motor City Hoops podcast. Catch you on the next one.